I'm Ray. And I'm Veronica. And welcome to another edition of Page to Screen from the Chicklet Book Club Podcast. To celebrate spooky season, we're talking about warm bodies. Who the warmest? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Nicholas Holtz, pretty warm. Pretty warm. Um, if I'm remembering properly, one of us, maybe me, used Nicholas Holt in stunt casting. And I you think did. it was for Bad Boy Heaven. I believe for that book, I used a porn star. You did use a porn star. I found out has two or three different names, different stage names. Can you blame him? One's like Ram. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Because he he also can sing and dance. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A multi-talented porn star. Good for him. Mm-hmm. That's more that, how how to wear that dance belt so it doesn't flippity floppity all over the place. There don't want don't want to bruise the you know that's that's the the money maker. Don't want to bruise that. Um, I did send you a TikTok in which someone speaking of spooky season was wearing a skeleton costume that had like a built-in boner. Yes, you did. Did you see that? You did swinging you did. wildly in the air. Yes, as he saved yes. a turtle in the road. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you gotta do it. It calls, you know, you know, when nature calls and you gotta you just, make, do you know. some. I got a question for you. Yes, honey. What's crack a lacking this week? What's, what's tickled your pickle this week? Uh, we don't have, and these ones we don't usually have bright spots, so. We don't what tickle, usually. What um, tickled your pickle this week? Since we're doing something a little different on this one. Um, <clears throat> what? I think, God, I didn't even think about it. Earlier I, I did, and then I was like, oh, we don't do it for Page to Screen. Um, well, uh,. I, you know, honestly, I don't know. The puppy's doing well. Good. I did have to clean a lot of pee out of my carpet today, which I did not enjoy. But uh, it is what it is. And uh, one day, maybe she won't pee on my carpet. And then we'll have a few years where she doesn't. And then she'll get old and she'll start peeing on my carpet again. Nature's miracle. <laughs> circle of life. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the, that's the stuff you should get. It's called oh, nature's okay. miracle. <laughs> In... I've been using a lot of resolve. I yeah, well, to, uh... the the nature's miracle, like it, um, uh, it cuts the enzyme there, it, it, so that they she won't go back and pee in that certain uh, spot. Yeah, okay, she won't smell it. You can okay. use it in your laundry, such as like I had to when a certain dickhead peed on my bed today. <laughs> I I'm sure my neighbors think I'm. Fucking insane. As I'm screaming, you fucking twat really loud in my house. Twat. Yes, that's right. Twat. twat. At the time, it was not coming out that way. Um, but yes, and um, yep. <clears throat> well, I mean, the puppy is great, and yeah. uh, she loves my daughter. That's the best and part. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, what is your bright spot, my love? Um, hmm. I, I like how we both have really had to search through our brains. Well, okay, so this is uh, a little bit of news, a little bit of news. So we've decided, oh, well, I've decided that um, our future guest, she wants to go by Ween. That's what she wants to go by. Cause that's oh, what I thought her, we were going by Charlotte. We were, but she, but uh, I mean, it's very close to her, her 
normal name, but that's what her like nieces call her. That's what all of her friends call her. So okay, fair. And, she, and she's going by Ween on the podcast. So cool. Uh, and our pet. So we started a new podcast in horror movies. And I <laughs> I told her one day I said, you know who will not be a guest? I'm sure on this podcast will be Veronica. <laughs> you know what? I will do it. I will do it for you. <laughs> we will. You have, well, to, you have to choose one though that is like go, like Gremlins. <laughs> Something that, like, I, I don't know. We'll talk about it, I guess. But I will absolutely yeah. be a po- be a guest on your podcast to support you because I love you. Yeah, you. I, I we love you too. We love you too. Um, <laughs> I'm excited but, for you. That, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I mean, honestly, it's it's uh, it's we wanted to do this. Literally, we talked about it 13 years ago. This is what started my wanting to do a podcast for a long time. And having this experience under my belt has been great. And uh, being able to do like, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, we, we put one in, we put one in the ground. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Excellent. Um, we, yes, I know. I, I'm pretty, <laughs> I was excited about that. That's what I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about spooky stuff. So it's about uh, horror movies and we're doing it by franchise. So, uh, and we're breaking the franchises down by um, like, we started with Halloween because there's a new Halloween movie out, and it's, well, Halloween. Yeah. And as you can mm-hmm. see, I have my a Deborah Hill production shirt on I tonight. I did notice that. Yeah, Deborah Hill, fucking get it for the ladies. Uh, first, pretty much first real um, female movie writer, uh, writer, producer. So, uh, female horror movie producer. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, yeah, so we do one and two on that one, and uh, really break it down. Uh, talk about um, the final girl. Is it really feminist or not? Um, you know, uh, it does. You know, it does. I don't know. It, it uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like you know, does the second one actually negate the final girl uh, legend? And you know, does it take away the 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 feminine you know the the feminist icon of the first and it's it's i think you know we get in depth we start talking about like practical effects and stuff like that too so that's that's my uh that's my tickle my pickle this week i think it's awesome thanks i can't wait for you i think it's great thank you thank you yay 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 so we're hoping that this this audience because there seems to be like what's it called (laughs) it is called booze boobs and blood there you, there you yep. go. There you go. There you go. I love it. There you go. Um, you also know that alliteration is my favorite favorite <laughs> literary tool. Well, so. we want. Well, we actually named that the this that only thirteen years ago, and then awesome. we were going to call it Triple B, and so Triple the fuck B. So yep. Yeah. I'm so excited for you guys. It's going to be my awesome. two favorite things: romance novels and horror movies. I mean, yep. come on. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. Um, awesome. So let's take a little pickle this week. I'm excited. When is your first episode dropping? Uh, we want to do before Halloween. Uh, we recorded uh, Thursday. We'll record this. So we're going to do four, five, and six um, this coming Thursday. And hopefully I have time to edit and get it up by this weekend. So this coming weekend for Halloween. Yay. Oh, it's going to yeah. be so exciting. So, it's so perfect timing. It. it is perfect timing. So, um, yeah, uh, it's exciting. It's, you know, it's it's like this. Two friends who were just sitting around and fucking bullshitting and drinking. So there you go. Perfect. Yep. yep. I have I have friends who enjoy the spooky things, and I will make sure to let them know about it. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yay! Yay. I, I still got to say "come" at least one or two times, so that was See? really good. It's important. Yeah. It's yeah. important. You got to yeah. be able to like cross those genres, you know. 
fucking. Although no. we have to see, there is a crossover between romance and horror for some. I mean, there really is. Is it because I mean I, maybe this is something you guys will get into in the podcast, but like, is it because the romance factor is like a moment of hope. It could be. It could be because or like a lot solace of time, or comfort or something. I think it's more comfort because like it, like I think it's perfect segue into what we're talking tonight about mm, true, is yeah. that you have those last two people that are left and you're like, oh my god, they need to they need to stick together to be able mm. to get out of this. Yeah. So a lot of times there is that that crossover with like. Um, he's, you know, and of course you always look to the man to be able to save the woman, but that's a lot of times what happens in these ones. And you're like, okay, he's going to save her and get out. And a lot of times in, in a lot of horror movies, the man does sacrifice himself so the female can't get out. So there's something romantic in that too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this one tonight is full on romance. It really is. And actually they both sacrifice themselves for each other. They do. It's not like... It's not really an either or situation. They both do. No. No. Um, uh, so tonight we're talking about um, Warm Bodies by mm-hmm. Isaac. Uh, what's Shit, his last what's name? What's his last name? Isaac. Mark. He's uh, Rocky. Uh, no, kidding. Um, <laughs> Mary. <sorry. laughs> <Not, laughs> what a different funny. book so that sorry. would be. Marion, um, you're correct. Marian, Isaac Marion. Yeah. And this is one of four books, um, mm-hmm. but this movie was then also made into a movie in 20. 2013, I believe. 2013. Um, when was the first book published? I'm trying to look for that. Um, let's I don't see. See it. I'm looking at it like on my Kindle, so it's not telling me. Uh, da, 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 da. 2012. Oh, well, that was kind of quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, first like, published. No, sorry, in, 2010. Oh. 2010. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it was first published on October 28th, spoon 2010. Mm. Yeah. Um. <sighs> So, okay, um, we're going to, what we're going to do, because this is different, because we both have read the book and we both watched the movie. Yeah, that's so, not usually the case. Usually no. one of us has read the book and we both watched the movie, or, like, Ray is just explaining to me, like, the passion flicks version of something or whatever. <laughs> and wanting to light herself on fire a little bit. I, let's not. I mean, because, w- it, it, wicked. Anyhow, it's just oh, mostly yeah. just me trying to figure out how to explain it. That was, not that the quality was bad, it was just me trying to figure out how to explain it. Yeah. Um, There's a TikTok right. of my reactions. That's <laughs> great too, FYI. Um, do we want to go through? So what we'll do is, I think the the book we'll do the book first, and then we'll talk about the movie because um, I think we'll probably have less to talk about. The I don't know. It depends. I mean, it's pretty. It's well, pretty similar. Per, it is very similar. I and I understand all of the reasons that certain things were cut out for mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're much like everything else. I, I'm sure you've seen the meme where it's like, it shows a picture of an iceberg and like the movie is depicted on top mm-hmm. and like the book is depicted below the water because yeah. that's where the majority of the iceberg is. Yeah. There is so much to the book that is not depicted in the movie. But I don't right. know how they would have done that and not like made the movie three hours. Because yeah, because so much happens. So yeah, much happens. Yeah, a lot happens. And, um, and the book isn't, isn't extraordinarily long it's like 270 pages or something mm-hmm. i mean it's not it's a good length but once he gets to the encampment there's so much more that happens in that yeah in the oh book. yeah i think yeah. that happens like halfway through the book yeah yeah um because he they meet up with just more than the friend in in the encampment and so i mean they meet some right. of her other friends and stuff but yeah um okay so 
there is going to be spoilers because FYI, guys, this book's almost 10 years. Well, this book is 10 years old. The movie's yeah. almost 10 years old. So right. to talk about it, we do have to kind of spoil it. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I think we're both going to say go yeah, see I, it. Yeah. Um, the movie is and good. It's book. not like, I mean, I am not, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm not like a horror film buff. Um, but I, I was not really squeamish mm-hmm. watching it. Um, they actually kind of, they're good about like toning down some of like the particularly gruesome stuff. Um, there's really only one scene that's like kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's at really close to the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah. It's the one where he meets her. So, yeah. but it really wasn't bad. I probably turned away a couple times, but like not for long. So why don't we talk bad. about, we'll talk about the book and then our, like our favorite quotes from the book. Oh God. Can I just read the entire fucking book to you? Because <laughs> well, I, why don't you start? Do you want to like go through um, and talk about, um, let's, let's talk plot then. I'll let you start. Okay. All right. So um, <laughs> the plot of this movie is for, or the book, I'm sorry. First of all, it's told entirely from ours perspective. Ours mm-hmm. is the zombie and uh, zombies don't necessarily remember their actual names. Like, the, once they've been dead for long enough, they don't remember their names. He remembers that his name begins with an R. Mm-hmm. Um, his best friend, quote, unquote, <laughs> his name is M because he doesn't, he doesn't remember his name either. At one point, um, he meets other people um, in the – he lives in an airport. He meets other zombies in the airport who they don't know their names. He meets um, – <laughs> actually his wife like so this woman who becomes his wife um (laughs) and his kids and his kids um she has like a name tag on yeah and they can't read it it. they like she doesn't know what her name is and he can't read it zombies can't read so um he so r lives in an airport kind of just live in the zombie life and um (laughs) the the part where he meets his wife and they end up married is funny like it's just this like they're going by each other on an on like people movers Uh and they stare at each other and then they like hold hands and end up in the quote church and then they are married (laughs) it's just like and then they're given children that are like basically his foster children um actually if i can find i thought i I'll search for it. I thought I highlighted it, but maybe I didn't. Hang on. Why? And it's, it carries all of the regular zombie tropes. Like, well, there's some that I was like, I never really thought about before, you know, the book and the movie is they don't sleep. So zombies don't sleep. Right. And they don't dream um, because they're, you know, they're dead. Um, R is lucky because he has like, he's not as decomposed as the other zombies are. So he actually looks like pretty alive, so to speak. Mostly, yeah. Mostly. Um, Their eyes are different. Like their eyes are more mm -hmm. gray. And obviously Mm -hmm. their skin is more gray because they don't have blood. Right. Like, so there's nothing flowing. Which also means that they can't have sex because there's no, like, blood flow, (laughs) which is hysterical. But it's also sad. But, like, the way that he describes zombies trying to have sex with each other is basically just them banging their bodies into each other, like, clumsily. Which, if you've seen a drunk person at a bar trying to get it on, it's pretty, pretty, like, yeah, two drunk people trying to, like, yeah. 
Um, okay, so he ends up at, like, church. He says, my girlfriend appears to be more devout than I am. She closes her eyes and waves her arm in, arms in a way that looks almost heartfelt. I stand next to her and hold my hands in the air stiffly. At some unknown cue, maybe drawn by her fervor, the bonies stop their preaching and stare at us. One of them comes forward, climbs our stairs, and takes us both by the wrists. It leads us down into the circle and raises our hands in its clawed grip. It lets out a kind of roar, an unearthly sound like a blast of air through a broken hunting horn, shockingly loud, frightening the birds out of the trees. The congregation murmurs in response, and it's done. We are married. I step back into the stair seats. The service resumes. My new wife closes her eyes and waves her arms. The day after our wedding, we have children. A small group of bonies stops us in the hall and presents them to us. A boy and a girl, both around six years old. The boy is curly blonde with gray skin and gray eyes, perhaps once Caucasian. The girl is darker with black hair and ashy brown skin, deeply deeply shadowed around her steely eyes. She may have been Arab. The bonies nudge them forward and give us tentative smiles. Hug, they give us tentative smiles and hug our legs. We pat them on their heads and ask their names, but they don't have any. I sigh, and my wife and I keep walking hand in hand with our new children. I wasn't exactly expecting this. It's a big responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what i kind of like about i mean because i don't think i'm trying to remember we don't learn exactly what bonings are they kind of leave it ambiguous don't they're they? I mean, more dead than... they're, I, what i think they are they are zombies who have eaten other zombies and become dead i big deader i think huh. that's what it's supposed to be because you notice that he's the one is becoming, which you don't get until you get the movie and you see the guy ripping his the skin guy off ripping of his, his skin face, off, right? And eating it, and so I think and it's he's the one... like, "Stop it!" Like his his yeah. internal monologue <laughs> is great, is, is great because it's because, just like us. It's like normal yes, speaking. It is, and that's like it's just really one of the most beautiful things to me. First of all, the book is beautiful. The book is beautifully written, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that I find so beautiful about it is that and also tragic is that you have like it's not a fully intact brain but it's a functioning brain mm-hmm. with eloquent thought at least for our intelligent thought and critical thinking skills mm-hmm. and he is unable to express himself that part of like the zombie life is pretty textbook in in the horror film, like that it that the zombies can't really talk, that they shuffle mm-hmm. around, um, they can move relatively quickly. Like they're not like World War right. Z scary fast, but they're yeah. faster than like or you might expect. Twenty four days later, or whatever. Yeah, twenty eight days later. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that days in theaters, later. by the way. Um, but anyway, can, so he our lives at the airport. Um, he does have a wife and kids. Quote oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is just. Fucking stick it your stick your knife in your heart. Speaking of killing yourself, in my mind, I am eloquent. I can climb intricate scaffolds of words to reach the highest the cathedral ceilings and paint my thoughts. But when I open my mouth, everything collapses. Mm-hmm. How fucking? I mean, talk about eloquent. I mean, that is beautiful. A way to actually like that. Here it is. Here's all of that knowledge, and it's right at the tip of your tongue, and you cannot voice it. Is yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I did not mean to interrupt. No, it's no, I'm glad you read that. It is I had that also highlighted. Um mm-hmm. I had some Oh yeah, the, so on the page before that, he he's he talks a lot about silence because they don't even need to breathe. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he says right after that, I don't know why we don't speak. I can't explain the suffocating silence that hangs over our world, cutting us off from each other like prison visit plexiglass. Prepositions are painful. Articles are arduous. Adjectives are wild overachievements. Is this muteness a real physical handicap? One of the many symptoms of being dead? Or do we just have nothing left to say? This is when he's um, he's just met his girlfriend. They have fallen in love. The female and I have fallen in love. Or what's left of it. <laughs> um, after that, though, he says, uh, I think I remember what, what love was like before. There were complex emotional and biological factors. We had elaborate tests to pass, connections to forge, ups and downs, and tears and whirlwinds. It was an ordeal, an exercise in agony, but it was alive. The new love is simpler, easier, but small. So he's hanging out at this airport with his new <laughs> wife. Yep, um, and kids. And kids. Uh, they... They do eat humans, like they go into the city and eat humans. Um, he's unclear about how often that happens because time is literally meaningless to them. Right. So he doesn't necessarily keep track of the days. Um, he lives in a 747 that he has basically hoarded a bunch of shit into. He Like whenever they're in the city and he finds something interesting, he takes it back. So he essentially, he's like built this massive vinyl collection. He has a record mm-hmm. player. Um, and he has like random shit stacked up all over the 747. Um, he, uh, at one point, so they go in and they like feed in the city and then he's feeling restless. Like he's now, um, (laughs) I'll find this part. (laughs) He's married. He's got kids. Um, he goes to find M. And he says that he's hungry and he wants to go into the city to eat. Just eight, M says, frowning at me a little. (laughs) Two days ago, I grab my stomach again. (laughs) Feel empty. Feel dead. He nods. Marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I went back and reread this because it's been so long since I read it. I immediately highlighted that and I said, fucking perfect Rob Corddry casting. It like, is I couldn't. So like, funny. And it's so sad because it's not in the movie, but you can right, totally hear fucking Rob Corddry say it. Yeah, but I also understood why oh, they yeah. didn't. Like, that's a whole complicated mess that, like, they right. don't really need to put into the movie. Right. Um, they did have a line for Rob Corddry in the movie that they didn't have in the book. <laughs> it just said, Fucking bitches. <laughs> bitches, man. Bitches. Oh, bitches, man. That's what it is. Bitches, That's not man. in the book, but it was just, yeah. like, that sort of, for me, was, like, the trade-off. You know, like, mm-hmm. they didn't put in the marriage line, but they did put in, like, bitches, man. Like, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob um, Corddry had some pretty great lines, I have to say. For, for a zombie who didn't really speak. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we, t- we get there. Oh, my God. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Saying hi to all the humans. They're coming. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um uh, so oh. anyway, he he's feeling hungry again, even though they have they just ate. And M is not 
interested like he's like i don't know you're being weird this doesn't really seem like a great idea they go in they end up going into the city they have a smaller number of zombies than usual they Mm -hmm. when they do this they typically travel in packs because it makes sense it's safer for the zombies um so they go in uh and they find they can smell living the living they end up finding this group including julie the heroine the heroine um in the sure. movie, well, we'll talk about the movie a little bit later, but okay. like in the book, he, uh, so R finds this dude protecting this woman on the ground. He drags her somewhere. He's like hovering over her and he drags the dude away, hits his head on like a table or the ground or something. And then he kills the dude and eats his brain. Um, they don't have to eat their brains. Like, if they just bite them, they become zombies. But if they eat their brains, obviously, like, there's just nothing. There's nothing left. There's nothing there, and, yeah, he can, yeah. So, the thing about eating the brain, um, that they talk about more in the book that they don't really get into in the movie, is that what, I mean, not, like, in, not as in depth. Mm -hmm. Um, they allude to it, certainly. But when the zombie eats the brain, the zombie, um like sees that person's memories mm-hmm. yeah. so he eats this dude's brain it's perry mm-hmm. he eats perry's brain and perry's memories are showing him julie him mm-hmm. falling in love with julie um him going to school with her good memories from his life with julie and then he looks up and realizes that Julie is in front of him. Julie is the mm-hmm. girl that he was trying to protect. Mm-hmm. So in a split second decision, for whatever reason, now R like starts to quote, I, I don't know, like fall in love with her, become infatuated with her. Like he's suddenly very intrigued by her. I'd say infatuation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he does instead of like eating her, or killing her, he literally smears blood on her, like zombie blood on her, mm-hmm. um, which is just like black stuff. It's not like pumping blood. Um, so that it can cover up her scent. Mm-hmm. And then he takes her back to his 747 with the rest of the zombies. And he tells her, like, act dead. Which is so funny because that is, <clears throat> that's not so funny, but it's it's funny because it is such a, it's a zombie trope. I believe they do it in, I'm almost positive they do it in Walking Dead. Um, yes, when they're trying to get out of the city, they're all smearing zombie uh, parts on themselves to like kind of... To cover up the scent. Cover up their smell. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about it, like there's that TV show that totally stole from this. Um, iZombie, I think it was called. Yeah, iZombie, where she was a... She was a zombie, but she was a um, forensic pathologist. Hmm. And so to solve murders of the murdered person, she would eat a little bit of their brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. To find out, like, who killed them or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah. This, I, 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 as I know, there were some good looking people in it. That's all I, I know about Shocking. the show. Shocking. I know. I know. I, I know you're shocked. <sighs> um, yeah. So anyway, he meets her, takes her back to 747. She is obviously with every reason scared of him Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she watched him kill people and watched his friends kill people um he eventually convinces her like i'm trying to keep you safe Mm -hmm. 
she says, why can't you just let me go? And he's like, "You, they will notice. They think that, like, you're a new recruit. You have to at least stay here for a few days. They'll forget right. about you, and then you can leave. I'll take you back to the city. So they sit around and, like, bond for a few days. Um, and then I'm trying to think of, like, the differences between the movie and... Eventually, I, they... Like, what how do I how do I appear unthreatening when her lover's blood is running down my chin? Mm-hmm. Literally, like that's his inherent log. Truly, many times where he's like, "Play cool, play cool." Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, "Come Don't on, be creepy. Don't be creepy. Don't be he's creepy." Just like staring at her. Yeah. Um, oh God, this is another really good one. Are my words ever actually audible, or do they just echo in my head while people stare at me, waiting? I want to change my punctuation. I long for exclamation marks, but I'm drowning in ellipses. <sighs> I mean, when we get to his thoughts about her, holy God. Oh, yeah. Like, just cry about it. I mean, they're what we would, we would, like, melt if they were two alive people. <laughs> they would be something, like, we would have all of these things. I mean, some of the things that he says, I'm just like, I... I, I, I would want a human man to say these things yeah, to me out loud. And the thing is, like, I think maybe largely or entirely because the whole book is written from his perspective or through mm-hmm. Perry's memories that are still through his perspective. Um, you feel a lot of empathy for the zombie that is killing people. You don't feel like um you don't feel like uh, how do I put this? You don't feel that he's evil. You don't feel that he's the enemy. You feel consistent empathy for R even though he's killing people. <laughs> he's literally eating her dead ex-boyfriend's brain. And you still feel empathy for him because yeah. of who he is and how intelligent he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so they end up hanging out. And what ends up happening, first of all, she also has to eat, right? Like, she's yes. a human. And so he has to help her, like, find food, which is difficult because they're in an abandoned airport. In an apocalyptic um, world. In an apocalyptic world. And uh, and surrounded by people who don't eat anything. And so right. they've no one's like, oh, with power that shorts out. And right. so the refrigerators are not, like, reliable. You're just um, hoping on canned goods. Yep. Yeah, right. So, it, and in the movie, she does find, like, canned goods. But in the book, they find, like, a stash of frozen pad thai. And that's, like, her favorite food. So, which he knows from Perry's memories. So, um, at any rate, they bond for a while, and then there's, he mentions, like, they don't sleep, but every once in a while, like, after a few weeks, I think he said, like, he hadn't slept in three weeks, their minds just, like, crash. And then it makes their bodies crash. So, one night, he is, like, sleeping on the floor in the airport terminal and wakes up to her screaming. And she has, like, a hedge trimmer to, like, fight off the zombies. One of which is M, which he doesn't realize um, until he has already defended her and, like, killed a couple zombies and smashed in M's face. 
Um, and the zombies are very intrigued by the fact that this zombie that R has defended this human girl. And then the bonies come up and kind of like throw their dicks around basically. <laughs> They're just like, we, <laughs> we will kill her. Like this yeah. is, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. This is how it, this is how it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. But they let her go at that time. And so he gets her out of there. They hop in this Mercedes that she's been teaching him how to drive. With the kids the in the backseat. With the kids in the backseat. <laughs> and um, they, they drive toward the city. They end up stopping at like this townhouse uh, because it's raining and they're in a convertible and she's freezing. So they stop and spend the night in this townhouse. Um, and then the next morning she calls her dad who is like a big wig in the military. Yeah. And General Grigio. Grigio. Yeah. That's another thing. Is Pino that like, Grigio. Right. Grigio. And then like people call her like Julie Cabernet because it's just a different yeah. line. So at any rate, they, uh, they stay at the house. She calls her dad and then he, you don't hear that conversation because it's her on the phone with her dad, mm-hmm. but you get the impression that like her dad is sending people out to get her. Right. And she does not want them to find her with him because they will kill him. Right. So she's like, I just need to think for a minute. And R goes to find gas for the Mercedes because they know that they're going to run out of gas. When he comes back, she's gone. And she does leave a note, but he can't read. And uh, she, in the house, had found like a Polaroid camera and so had left him some Polaroids. And he does not take any of the photos because... He's not ready for her to become a memory of his yet. He's not ready to let her go. So he starts to head back. He goes back. Does he go back to the airport terminal? He's. I forget if he actually makes it. I don't think he makes it. He doesn't make it there. He doesn't make it there. Yeah. He doesn't make it back to the. Right. Um, He's intercepted uh, by M who has left the airport terminal. Am I thinking about this correctly? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's left the airport terminal with a bunch of other zombies because they've the, all bonies, started... the bonies have driven them out, but um, they've started to, like, feel things. Feel. Mm-hmm. Like, feel like humans. Yeah. Like, they're, they don't, I mean, they, they actually, I, I like what they do in the movie is that they yeah. show a heart, their heartbeat, and yeah. that's, and just once, and it's enough to know, for you to know that that's what's happening is they're becoming human again. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what it's the remembering because what they're alluding to is that the the reason that they're they're quote unquote they're they they don't do this before is because they 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 don't remember anything of uh, humanity so they're getting a glimpse of humanity and that's what's making them human again making their heart start restart right yeah and witnessing love i mean the overarching theme in the book is that like love will save you that's essentially Mm yeah you know that's the point right yeah. Um, or that love will be like humanity's salvation. Yeah. Um, so he, M tells R, they are, we are also changing. Mm-hmm. And, he's, well, and you see R is, um, is exhibiting, he's able to say more syllables in a row. Like you, the changes in R are very incremental. They're small, but they're there. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. notices them. And you, as the reader, note that that 
is significant. That he well, can I'm, say more syllables. That he is, he's he's describing things, and he's like, "What's happening to me?" Right. This isn't right. zombies. Don't feel this. It's this is zombies. Don't sleep. Zombies don't dream. Right. Zombies don't sleep. Zombies don't dream. All of a sudden, he starts sleeping more. He's he sleeps like three nights in a row, and he's like, "What is right. going on here?" Well, um, and, he's and then that. he wonder, eventually has a dream, and he's like, "Yes." Like I wonder how well dream. she sleeps at night and what dreams she has. I wish I could step into them like she steps into mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what and I I'm, I am gonna do an, an just just because we're talking about this. What I do like about the movie is how eloquent he is in his dream. Yeah, when he first dreams, he talks just like he talks normally. Like he, he talks normally, not a zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also. Do, and you've noticed, like, in his dream, too, in the movie, his teeth are clean. Well, mm-hmm. that was one thing I did notice, is his teeth get cleaner as he yeah. becomes more human. Yeah. I actually like the way that they depict it in the movie, because even watching the trailer, like, you can see, you can see the she, changes yeah. in him. As soon as she hits the plane, his skin changes color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But Which is difficult to depict in the book because it's just him, right? So you're not getting, yeah, so you're, you're not, not seeing, seeing that. But I liked the way that they depicted that in the movie. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, he and uh, M decide with the other like band of zombies that they have with them that they're going to go to the city. Um, this is like St. Louis, I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, and it like, has or been what used to be go- St. Louis. Right, and it's been fortified. Like, it's, yeah, it's a fortress. There's like a, yeah, so, but the center is the stadium. Right. Um, I assume the football stadium. Yeah. Because um, it would be the biggest, I guess. Right? It makes sense, yeah. She doesn't, they don't specify. I don't think. They say there's a no. dome on it. I guess it could be also a baseball stadium. I don't know if they're supposed to They talk about AstroTurf. Um, so anyway, the stadium is where like people live, and there's a giant wall built around it. It's fortified. There's security mm-hmm. guards at the gates. Um, everyone's armed because, of course, like the only way to kill a zombie is to like bash its head in or shoot him in the head. Um, you can like cut off a zombie's arm, and they will still <laughs> they'll still be fine. So um, at any yeah, rate, yeah. The he ends up going back. He ends up getting inside the city walls because again he's starting to look a little more normal. Mm-hmm. He essentially acts like they act like the other zombies and M are chasing him, mm-hmm. and he ends up getting through the gates under the presumption that zombies are chasing him, and he looks like hell because he's been trying to escape the zombies for right, however right. long. Right. Um, he ends up getting to slip past the immigration um, guy because, again, like all the zombies are starting to exhibit more human-like qualities, and mm-hmm. so the the humans, like the living, are shocked by this, and so they're all just staring at the zombies that they think should be lumbering, stupid morons, mm-hmm. and that's not what they're seeing. They're seeing like zombies right. moving like a human would, and so right. they're all kind of staring, and so he get, he sort of slips past the immigration guy. He eventually, he follows the scent of Julie to her house Mm -hmm. and then um, ends up like this part in the movie, especially, I felt like there were a lot of 
I had asked you, like, this is like World War Z meets Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? And yeah, you said, yeah, yeah, but also with some Romeo and Juliet mixed in there. And I got that much more in the movie in than the I movie. did in the book. Well, because yeah, of, like, the she goes out on scenes. The... Yeah. Right. Like, there's a balcony scene. There's mm-hmm. also a water scene. Like, especially mm-hmm. from, like, the um, Baz Luhrmann version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, like, yeah, there's a yeah, scene yeah. in the movie where the two oh, of them are kissing Oh, it's almost like water. 100%. Yeah. And then right. getting... You know, shot. Yeah, I yes, mean, that's... Yes, Yeah. I mean, like, a lot yeah. of parallels to Baz Luhrmann's Romeo yeah. and Juliet. Uh, but in the book, so he finds her and ends up hanging out in the city for a few days. Or a couple... It's... I don't really actually know about the time frame, but he ends up hanging yeah. out there for a bit. Um, eventually, of course, people figure out what's going on. And... Right. He makes a mistake. He slips up. Um, they're able to disguise him because he doesn't. He again, he's not looking as bad, and right. they put makeup on him. Yeah, they give him a. They wash his clothes. He gets a shower. They wash his clothes, and then they go out for like drinks and stuff. Yep. It's, it's prohibition times, though. Like alcohol is actually is banned, um, even though her dad is a raging alcoholic. But like, her dad is got, a bastard. Her dad is a fucking asshole so uh she had stolen unbeknownst to anyone um booze from his 747 so she ends up like slipping vodka into all of their drinks and he even like he gets drunk and he's like well i this is weird like i can't believe this is happening to me and then he has to pee and he's like i never have to do this (laughs) like everything things are changing for him and then he makes a mistake um and is he is not necessarily found out because he ends up killing the guy who realizes that he's a zombie. But um, he makes a decision there that he doesn't want to be like this anymore. That he does not want to eat people anymore. He is accepting the changes that are happening with him and he wants to push those changes forward. Yeah. So he ends up finding his way back to Julie's house. She ends up finding him. Uh, outside like in the rain that's part mm-hmm. of why he was discovered was that he um his makeup was washing off in the rain yeah. so uh god what happens back from there because i was like speed reading at this point because i needed to finish it um the uh, kind of like some scuffling happens like this was actually one of the only parts that i was a little frustrated in the book was like where this part was kind of going back and forth. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, we, do we have a plan? What's going on? They end up, um, her dad comes home and figures out because he has met her dad at this point, but they have yes. said that it's Nora's boyfriend and they call right. him, um, Ar- Archie. They call him Archie. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, he's around like under the guise that it's Nora's boyfriend and Nora's boyfriend is from like this other neighboring stadium, um, or like nearby stadium in a different town that they're trying to like merge with. And so when her dad comes home because now the entire city's on lockdown, right? Yeah. Because they know that there has been a zombie Mm -hmm. in there. So everyone's on lockdown. Her dad comes home, discovers him, figures out who he is and literally just like stabs him because he assumes he's a zombie. And of course he doesn't even flinch or bleed. Is this when he tells, he tells her about Perry? It was after that. Okay. Because then they, 
So they get away from that situation um, because actually, who is it? I think Julie actually stabs her dad in the hand to yes. get him to drop the gun to get it away yes. from R. Yeah. And then Nora picks up the gun and points it at her father. And then yeah. the two of them, I think, manage to get out. The two of them manage to get out of the city, yeah. don't they? Yes. But then they end up coming back. Yeah. At some point, I forget when this is, but at some point he eventually tells her, I'm the one that killed Perry. Yeah. And I have a, and I, and when we I can't remember like, if it's before they leave the city or if it's after, like when they come back. I just forget. I think it's when they come back. I think it's when they come back. Because my question was going to be to you is, because it's, it's very close to the end because it's it like. Is. Is she, because he, and, and spoiler, when we get to the movie, um, I'm going to move the most spoilers part now. She, he tells her really, like, like when they're in the subdivision before when they they're in the to, townhouse, before they get yeah. back to the city. Yeah. And she leaves the next morning, but she has, a, she says like, I've always known. So my question is, do you think it was better that he waited or he told her right away? To me, I, she doesn't have as much of a fight when he tells her later it's almost as if she's like she's already bought she's already already kind of made peace that he has killed people and also this is i think much more apparent again in the book when at the beginning he lies to her in the book because when they're in the 747 she asks like do you know who it was mm-hmm. who was it that killed him mm-hmm. and he doesn't answer her he, he right. basically it's like a joke that like he shrugs all the time that's right and so i think he just shrugs at her yeah. and um she says to him and it made me wonder at the time if like she knew that it could have been him yeah she said um just so you know um i forget how she says it she's like i'm not mad at the person or uh i don't blame them or something like that. Uh, whoever it was that did it, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm sad that he is gone. But I think Perry was, I think he wanted to die. I think at that point he was done. And he was not, um, he didn't want to do it anymore. She implies that he was, like, clinically oh, depressed and suicidal. Did you I find try, it? Yeah, I try to catch her gaze. Let me go back a little bit. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Let's, let's, let's calm down there, Kittle Col- uh, Cloud Reader. Okay. All right. Oh, God. Okay. Julie lets her eyes... Okay, so... Uh, bu- 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 bu. I just need to know who it was. Her expression mm-hmm. betrays nothing. Her eyes are locked on mine. I'm blinking. No one, I mumble. Some kid. There's this theory that you guys eat brains because you get to relive the person's life. True. I shrug, trying to not to squirm. I feel like a toddler caught finger painting on the walls or killing dozens of people. Who was it? She presses. Don't you remember? I consider lying. I remember a few faces from the, that room. I could roll the die and just pick one. Probably some random recruit she doesn't even know, and she would let it go and never bring it up again. But I can't do it. I can't lie to her any more than I can spit out the indigestible truth. I'm trapped. Julie lets her eyes auger into mine for a long minute, then falters. Was it Berg, she offers, so quietly that she's almost talking to herself. 
the kid with the acne. I, I bet it was Berg. That guy was a dick. Which Perry didn't even notice, of course. If it was Berg, I'm glad you got to him. I try to catch her gaze to make sense of this re reversal, and, but now she's the one avoiding eye contact. Anyway, whoever killed Perry, I just want you to know I don't blame you for it. Blame them for it. I tense again. You don't? No, I mean, I get it. I mean, I think I get it. You don't have a choice, right? And to be honest, I'd never say this to anyone, but it's kind of a relief that it finally happened. What? To be able to stop dreading it. Perry dying? Something happened to him. A lot of things, actually. I guess there came a point where he just couldn't absorb anymore, so he flipped over into a different person. He was this brilliant, fiery kid, so weird and funny and full of dreams, and then just quit all of his plans, joined security. It was kind of scary how fast. So she's like, and, and they do cover that a little bit in the movie. Yeah, we'll have to cut that little part out. Yeah, I made a note. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um. Yeah, she... She alludes to the fact, like, and in the movie, God, I don't remember, they don't really go into it as much in the movie. Um, but, you know, for time reasons, which I totally understand. Um, but I do like that they kept that line in there, though, that, like, about how he um, has changed. He's a different person. Yeah, and... he is a different person. Um mm -hmm. So she kind of, I, that's a good question you asked. Like, I don't, at one point, she, at one point he and Nora talk about it. Nora mm -hmm. asks him. Yeah. When he's in the city and they go out for drinks, um, she, she says, like, was it you or did you do it? And he, he kind of doesn't know what to say to that. And she says, um if you ever tell her, she'll forgive you. And he yeah. asks her why. And she says, for the same reason I will, you have a disease. This is not, yeah, she's going to know it Nor wasn't about you. And then Nora admits, you know, that, um, Perry cheated on her at one point, And that's like, what? Right. They're, right. They're not actually, they're not together anymore. No, no, no. They're, they're very like, it's, they refer to him at some point as her ex. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're not together anymore, but like, they're still very close, obviously, and right, they work together. Right, so, right. uh, at one point, like, so he, she's talking, he's talking to Nora and she says, um, Nora's kind of great. Not Nora lie. is really great. Uh, I was afraid that like she would end up dying because I had seen the movie before I actually finished the book. So I was worried that like she would end up dying in the book, but she didn't. I was grateful. Um, she... She says, I do. Do you know that Perry cheated on Julie? And he's like, Yeah, I, I do know that. And she said, Well, he cheated on her with me. And you, and she explains, you know, like I, I was an orphan girl, I had just gotten here. Um, and then it just happened. And then she hated me because I was this person who had like seduced her boyfriend or whatever mm -hmm. but now like a lot of things happened and now we're best friends yeah which maybe speaks to how good of a person or how forgiving julie is but also speaks to the apocalyptic nature of the well thing. that's what i was gonna say <laughs> which they're all living in the fucking apocalypse and someone could die tomorrow fucking apocalypse so like well, yeah. maybe you brush things under the rug that you know because you need to rely on uh you need to rely on people that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise relied upon 
Uh, and that's a situation that's very, uh, you know, stressful, obviously. And, yeah. and having a friend, like a real friend who's going to watch out for you is a big deal. Um, so he says at one point, but I'm like, and they're talking about Julie's past and, and things that might come up with her. And he says, but I'm not afraid of the skeletons mm. in Julie's closet. I look forward to meeting them, meeting the rest of them, looking them hard in the eye, giving them firm bone crunching handshakes. I know. I love that part. I mean, <sighs> he, um, another thing he says about her, this is actually, I think this is when they're in the, um, the townhouse on their way. I think uh, he says, here is an oddity, a question for zombie philosophers. What does it mean that my past is a fog, but my present is brilliant, bursting with sound and color? Since I became dead, I've recorded new memories with the fidelity of an old cassette deck, faint and muffled and ultimately forgettable. But I can recall every hour of the last few days in vivid detail, and the thought of losing a single one horrifies me. Where am I getting this focus, this clarity? I can trace a solid line from the moment I met Julie all the way to now, lying next to her in this sepulchral bedroom. And despite the millions of past moments I've lost or tossed away like highway trash, I know with a lock-jawed certainty, I will remember this one for the rest of my life. I know. I mean... So he, I guess, was now we could just talk about all of the quotes about Julie because they're fucking amazing. God, they're like, so good. I'm watching her talk, watching her jaw move, and collecting oh, her words one by one as they spill from her lips. I don't deserve them. Her warm memories, I'd like to paint them over the bare plaster walls of my soul, but everything I paint seems to peel. Yes. Jesus fucking oh, Christ! Oh, Jesus, I can't. Peel off these dusty wool blankets of apathy and antipathy and cynical desiccation. I want life in all its stupid, sticky rawness. Mm -hmm. Go Um, for it. I mean, I've got more. Go for it. I mean. uh, This is like the, so to wrap up the end, like, because a lot happens. So to wrap up the end. um, Yeah. I mean, because we can go into it in the movie, but we'll. Yeah. yeah. In the, the book and the movie are, are a little different in how mm-hmm. it ends, uh, one character in particular, but how she, how he, he eventually, spoiler alert, comes back alive. Mm-hmm. And how that happens is different in the book than in the movie yeah. for length reasons. It's not like right. the concept is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually they convince the rest of the stadium, like, or the military, like the Colonel Rosso, I think she calls him Rosie, uh, that things really are different, that, that are really is changing. Mm-hmm. And he kind of calls off the dogs yeah. and the two of them are left alone on the roof of the stadium, which is like the penultimate, like that's where every, the book climaxes is like the yeah. roof of the stadium which is a place that he knows because of Perry's memories. Right. Um, but it's which not I a place like that, that they, he has physically ever been. Yeah. And which I did like that they did do that, that mm-hmm. parallel in the movie too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so you had just read, what page was that from? Like how, where is that? 
Because mm. I think the part I'm going to read is like later than that. Because this is on the roof. What? What? Where does that happen that you just read? Mm. Give me one second. Because I remember the Cause specifically the part about paint peeling. I copied them into a. Oh, sorry. Doc. No, you're fine. But I can do a search. Um, page two thirty. Um, okay. Oops. I think I just hit my mic. Um, so I, all right. I'm at page 222. Okay. She's pleading with him. Like, what do we do? What do we have left? I have no answer for her, but I look into, I look into her face, her pale cheeks, her red lips, bright with life and tender as an infant's. And I understand that I love her. And if she is everything, maybe that's answer enough. Oh, I, I have that too. Yes, I go. So good. <laughs> I pull Julie into me and kiss her, which is a question that she has had for him a couple times at this point. Can I kiss you mm-hmm. and not die? And he's yeah. like, I don't think so, but I don't know. Because right. it's never, I mean, this how would so they know? There's no fucking precedent here of humans falling in love with zombies. Um, I pull Julie into me and kiss her. I press her lips against mine. I pull her body against mine. She wraps her arms around my neck and squeezes me hard. We kiss each other. We kiss with our eyes open, staring into each other's pupils and the depths inside of them. Our tongues taste like each other. Our saliva flows and Julie bites my lip. I feel the death in me stirring, the anti-life surging toward her with glowing, toward her glowing cells to darken them. But as it reaches the threshold, I halt it. I hold it back and I hammer it down and I feel Julie doing the same. We hold this thrashing monster between us in a relentless grip. We bear down on it together with determination and rage, and something happens. It changes. It warps and squirms and twists inside out. It becomes something altogether different, something new. A surge of ecstatic agony rushes through me, and we fall back from each other with a gasp. My eyes are aching with some deep, twisting pain. I look at Julie's, and I see that her irises are shimmering. The fibers twitch, and their hue begins to change. Vivid sky blue fades to pewter gray, but then hesitates, flickers, and flashes back as gold. A brilliant shade of solar yellow that I have never seen before on any human being. As this happens, my sinuses ignite with a new smell, something similar to the life energy of the living, but also vastly different. It's coming from Julie. It's her scent, but it's also mine. It rushes out from us like an explosion of pheromones, so potent I can almost see it. So gorgeous. It's fucking gorgeous. So beautiful. This fucking book is so poignant and beautiful. There's a moment at one point where um, in one of Perry's memories, before his dad dies, which is different in the movie, actually. How his dad dies in the movie Mm -hmm. is different than how his dad died in the book. Mm -hmm. But he asks his dad, like... What is the point? Like, is there any point? He's saying, I have a girlfriend. I think I have a girlfriend and it's Julie. And they're like in high school, I guess this would be. And um, he says, is it like, what is the point? Is it even worth it to fall in love when, when the world is like this? And uh, I'm just going to have to find it. Like, it's such a, I read it out loud to my husband because it was so, um, It was like a little, t- there, are, there are points in this book where I was like, this is a little on the nose for me. <laughs> it's just like, this hurts a little. Um, he said, okay. uh, he says, when I met your mom, I asked myself that 
and all we had going for us back then was a few wars and recessions. His walkie-talkie starts crackling again. He ignores it. I got 19 years with your mom. But do you think I would have turned down the idea I, if I'd known I'd only get one year or one month? He surveys the construction, shaking his head slowly. There's no bench for, benchmark for how life's supposed to happen, Perry. There's no ideal world for you to wait around for. The world is always just what it is now, and it's up to you how to respond to it, how you respond to it. There's even, like, um, I'm trying to, because, um, again, I just pulled these quotes, so I want to find out, because I know where it's at, but even as Perry, there's some certain things that are, like, they're kind of gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but, 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 God damn. Okay, here it is. Oh, we're talking, we're way at the beginning. Um, Perry, she whispers in my ear and I kiss her her neck. She twines her fingers into mine and squeezes hard. I kiss her deep and caress the back of her head with my free hand, tangling my fingers in her hair. I look in her eyes. Do you want to? I breathe. She smiles. She closes her eyes and says yes. I crush her against me. I want to be part of her, not just inside her, but all around her. I want our rib cages to crack open and our hearts to migrate and merge. I want our cells to braid together like living thread. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I mean, if you if you were to describe your first time, that would be pretty nice to have someone be like, yeah, that's oh, how yeah. I want. If that's yeah. how someone felt about you, like, during your first time, sure. Yeah. That's not yeah, how it I usually mean, happens. I don't think it's happened, no, how it's it like, happened for either one of us, but, like... No. No, we both know how ours worked. <laughs> we both know. Nope. We have talked about this. Numerous times. <laughs> Neither one. <laughs> nope. particularly, um, uh, nope. beautiful I think experiences. Cookies. You know, no, I think Cookies by, by Sierra was probably playing at some point in mine. <laughs> cookies. Yeah, fuck cookies. Oh, cookies. Okay. Anywho. Um, this for the sake book, of my man. mother, who may or may not have already abandoned this podcast, I will uh, <laughs> forego, <laughs> forego uh, extra details on my experiences. Yep. Um, one point, so she she's keeping a uh, like an audio diary. She's essentially mm-hmm. like recording herself onto a cassette deck, um, which it seems like it's kind of intermittent for her, but. He hears her doing it. He knows that she does it because that's part of the balcony scene is that he's mm-hmm. like hiding beneath her balcony, her balcony. And because um, he has found her and he's trying to figure out how to get into the house or how to alert her that he's there. And she ends up coming out of the balcony and like recording a, an audio diary. Um, at some point, he ends up listening to it, knowing that he shouldn't, that it's like an invasion of her privacy. But he just can't help himself so he listens to a little part that he had actually heard in real time like while she was recording it um i press rewind again and it occurs to me that the gap between the beginning of this entry and the end of the previous one compromises uh, comprises the entire time i've known julie every meaningful moment of my life fits inside of a few seconds of tape hiss Now, I want to say this is book one of four. Yeah. So if I, looking ahead, I believe that the, the rest of the books are like how the world comes back and, and, sure. and, um, that would make sense. And mends itself. Yeah. Um, because this is very much like, hey, happy things are happening, but like, yeah, we're still kind of left with, 
Well, it's not a cliffhanger, but we're still left on, like, we don't know exactly. Yeah, we don't know exactly what's going on. Like, it ends on a happy note, but, like, we don't know exactly. Um, Speaking of Perry, so he kind of talks with Perry, like, in his head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's this part where um, it's, this is the very, very close to the end. Um, I look down at myself, but I don't need to. I can feel it. My hot blood is pounding through my body flooding capillaries and lighting up cells like 4th of July fireworks. I can feel the elation of every atom in my flesh brimming with gratitude for the second chance they never expected to get. The chance to start over, to live right, to love right, to burn up in a fiery cloud and never again be buried in the mud. I kiss Julie to hide the fact that I'm blushing. My face is bright red and hot enough to melt steel. And then Perry starts talking to him. Okay, corpse. A voice in my head says, and I feel a twitch in my belly, more like a gentle nudge than a kick. I'm going now. I sorry, I'm sorry I couldn't be here for your battle. I was fighting my own. But we won, right? I can feel it. There's a shiver in our legs, a tremor like the earth speeding up, spinning off into uncharted orbits. Scary, isn't it? But what wonderful thing didn't start out scary? I don't know what the next page is for you or whatever it is for me. I swear I'm not going to fuck it up. I'm not going to yawn off in the middle of a sentence and hide it in a drawer. Not this time. Peel off those dusty wool blankets of apathy. You already read that part. It's just like... It's beautiful. Like the... The things Perry has to say and the things that... That R says. I mean, you... You never actually find out his name because he doesn't remember it. And so Mm -hmm. when she says to him... This happens in the movie too. She says to him like... Have you ever remembered your name? And he says no. And she says, "Well, you could just pick one. You can, you can, your name can be whatever you want it to be." And he says, "My name is R," because that's what she's always called him. And and looking ahead, I'm sorry, it's not four books; it's three books. And oh, I thought it was four. I thought I saw. No, there's a point five, oh, and okay. I think that's yeah. And the number three is the living, which is the last one, which was in 2018. Oh, um, that's like more recent. Yeah, and so well, he has M's journal. And, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, so he still goes obviously by, by R and what kind of happens is there seems to be a, of course, a axiom group who is a, you know, uh, looks like a, a corporation that's taking over because, you know, during a post post apocalyptic world, why wouldn't there be a corporation taking over? Of course not. So, um, you know. Yeah, right. Sort of similar to Hunger Games and that, like, the people mm-hmm. who end up taking over are, like, you question whether they're any good, too. That and, uh, what's so stupid? Uh, Resident Evil, they have the, mm. uh, the Umbrella Corporation and then, mm-hmm. um, but, um, I am very impressed with this gentleman's writing. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, much. this is, I, we talk all the time about. He's also really cute. Nice. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. we, you and I talk all the time off of the podcast about like male romance writers and are there any and can we incorporate them into the podcast we actually have eddie cleveland on our list and because we've abandoned Mm -hmm. our list on so many occasions (laughs) we have yet to get there yeah um but uh we whenever we find one we're always like texting it to each other like oh my god Mm -hmm. here is a male romance writer and so while warm bodies is not something that I would have like picked up as a thing like, oh, I'm going to read this zombie romance novel. Like I, I really enjoyed this book very much enjoyed this book. 
somebody just I was looking I just was looking at some at somebody's uh, review of one of his short stories because he has about looks like he says <laughs> I love his um, uh, good re uh, good reads his like little like blurb about himself after nine years four books and one pretty good movie <laughs> R and Julie's story is about to reach its conclusion but he's got this one um, called The Town Where It Happened. And all I can think of is, was the room where it happened? Um, <laughs> but, but someone has, and I think this actually sums up his rating, like, spot on. Um, this woman says, Isaac Marion has a talent for beautiful writing that doesn't bog you down. And I think yeah. that's perfect. Like, it's not so intricate and, like, verbose that you're like, okay, it's beautiful, but I don't quite understand it. This is, like, accessible, and it's still meaningful and gorgeous and just the right amount of words. Yeah. Yeah, I never felt like... Um, sometimes with... Sometimes with authors, I feel like they get bogged down in the internal monologue stuff and that things aren't moving fast enough. I didn't really feel that way here. No. And I think when they, they try to write... At, write like in an elevated manner, it comes off too elevated where I'm like, I see where you're, you're taking me, but I'm still trying to follow and I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I'm reading this book because I'm not in the mood for Jane Austen. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not, if I wanted to read Charlotte Bronte, I would pick up Jane Eyre. Okay. Like right. Right. what I want right now is relatively easily written or like easily readable. Mm-hmm. Romance, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not. But these ask are his for old English. <laughs> but this looks like his this only like romance series, and I think probably this one, and this might be why they didn't make a sequel because they were like this might be the most romantic of the three. Yeah, I mean, I could see if they're already together. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean. Yeah. Um, it probably wouldn't be the main this is I, really oh, it, it, it is Sorry. a romance novel like I, in its core it is a romance novel because their relationship is a major element however <laughs> like it's also a sci-fi novel you know can what I read you, you about? the summary of his one um, a collection of stories, short stories yeah of course it's called The Hungry Mouth which I'm like okay okay um, First story in it is a man and woman on their first date discover they have amazing powers. Cool. Second story, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, okay, you had me, <laughs> enjoys modern life as the guardian and spiritual mentor of Seattle. Okay. An angry stoplight manages traffic for the lawless humans it despises. Fourth story, an immortal and indestructible man discovers the horror and beauty of living forever. A serpent exchanges emails with government agencies confessing to a long, lifelong murder spree. A feral cat sends psychic postcards to the family dog he left behind. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch. That just, those ones where I was like, okay. Okay, okay. I mean, I am I tempted to read it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, again, you had me at Tyrannosaurus Rex. I was going to say, especially the feral cat one and the T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, angry stoplight? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So An internal my... monologue I'm interested in listening to. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Like, haha, fuck you, car. Um, I'm going to turn red right now. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> enjoy, your, enjoy your traffic ticket. Um, 
Would you recommend this book? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, this book surprised me. I, I just expected, like, I'm going to read this book ahead of watching this movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have high expectations for it. Like, you had told me that you enjoyed it very much. I was just mainly reading it because I wanted to be able to compare it to the movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this book much more than I thought I would. Again, I'm not usually, like, a horror or sci-fi reader. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my bread and butter. I enjoyed this book so much. After the, my husband watched part of the movie with me last night, he, he thinks he saw it before. He was like, parts of this look familiar. Um, but again, the movie is almost 10 years old, so it's probably been a while. So after the movie was over, I was telling him, like, I really, really like this book, and I was reading passages to him, and he was just like, this is a lot more eloquent than I expected it than coming out of a horror film or a horror movie. You yeah. know, like, it's just, yeah. it's really beautifully written. It is. It is. Um I assume you would recommend it since you recommended it to me. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad it popped in my head that day, that night. Yeah. I was like, oh, we should read that. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, it had been so long. I mean, I read it very, sh- I mean, right around the time when the movie came out. So yeah. it's been a while. Um, and I do remember the movie coming out. Like, I, I mean, I knew the movie existed. Yeah. Um, I had just never seen it. I don't know why I'd never seen it. I just hadn't. Because probably I was like, oh, it's a zombie film, whatever. Um, yeah. Did the... Well, we're going to talk about the movie. Yeah. Shall so we let's take, take a, a break. brief respite? Yeah, so let's take a respite. Come back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay, and yeah, uh, Good idea. Yeah. yeah. And we All will right. chat about the movie and Nicholas Holt. <sighs> yep. Yes, we Yep, are. yep. All right. Go back in two and two. And we're back. Back. Um, are you excited to talk about Nicholas Holt? I feel like you are. <laughs> Yes, I sent you a very nice picture of Nicholas Holt earlier. Uh, I wanted to look up this very pretty girl who plays Julie. Um, um, so I felt like the girl who plays Julie is like a little bit... Um, is she Kristen Stewart's sister? <laughs> she's on... Oh, that's where she's from. She's on Discovery of Witches. I don't know what that is. Um, it was based on a book. Um, oh, I think the book's called Discovery of Witches. Um, she's so very pretty. I don't think she's a bad actress. It's just like certain facial expressions. No, but they look a lot like, like they a look lot, a lot no. alike. Especially when he in the dream sequence where she comes up to her him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. There's lots 100%. of that. Yeah. She's but I was very just pretty. trying to think. I'm like, where was I seen her from? That's when I was. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Harkness. Uh, Discovery of Witches. Um, it's not bad. It's not my cup of tea. But I watched the first season. It was good. It's on. Um, it's on Shutter, but you can also watch it on Hulu, I think. Um, but um, yeah, she's she's not like awful. Uh, no, she um, wasn't awful by any means. Um, John Malkovich is in this book, or in John this Malkovich movie, being John as being Mal- John Malkovich. yes, being John Malkovich, but also technically Julie's dad. Um, mm-hmm. The the cast Rob- is not like wide-reaching, I guess? I mean, because there are a lot of zombies, right? So, like, Nora, right. I had recognized Nora. I don't know what else she was in, but I, like, I recognized her face. Crazy her name is Leo love. Tipton. Leo? Yeah, Crazy yeah. Stupid Love is probably what you remember her from. Oh, I, that I've never is, seen Crazy Stupid Love. That movie's but. legitimately good. That's I've never seen is it, that but the one with um, Emma Doesn't, Stone and Steve yeah. Carell and Ryan Gosling? Does she play the, the, the babysitter in that movie? That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, so I don't know. 
But she's super cute. Like, I was just, like, yeah. thinking oh, when yeah. I was watching, like, for sure. she's super pretty. Yeah, yeah. she is. She's very pretty. Um, um, the character of Nora is really, is great. Oh, she was guy also who in the plays... Big Bang Theory. I forgot about that. Oh, well, she, oh she plays, uh, doesn't she play Sheldon's sister? No, I don't, uh, Vanessa Bennett is her mm. character's name. Character? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, I, the only times I caught glimpses of... Uh, Big Bang was when my parents were watching it. And Sheldon's sister is played time. by someone who's like, I forget, not, it doesn't matter. Not her. Um, okay. The the gentleman who plays Kevin is very good looking. Yes. Uh, Corey Hardrick. Accurate. Accurate. Yeah. Yep. He is, uh, oh Jesus, I just looked him up and holy God, he's pretty. You know, something that um, kind of annoyed me though is that Nora in the book is written as black. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. And she was not in the movie. That annoyed me. No. No. Yeah. Because that's a central role mm-hmm. that they could have easily cast a black actress. A person of color. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they um, specifically talk about, like, her brown skin and her dark curly hair. Yeah. Like, I guess it's implied that she's black. I don't know that it's ever actually stated, but, like, I pictured her as a black girl. Yeah. And I say girl because I don't actually know how old they are. Age is sort of discussed mm. in the book, but, like, not in a concrete fashion. And they kind of, like, uh, gloss over it in the movie where she says, where Nora actually says to um, R, you've got mm. one of those faces, mm-hmm. you could be 27 or, like, 18. Yeah. And that's in the book, too. Like, you got one of those faces, you could be in your 20s or 30s or a teenager. And Nicholas Holt actually does. To me, I was like, that's actually spot on. Because I honestly think Nicholas Holt, at points in this movie, was, like, so young looking. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where he looks way older than his at the time. Let's see. It was 2013. So he's... Because he, right How now he's 32. Yeah, he's four years younger than me. So... Yeah, he's 32. He's Taylor Swift's age, basically. Um, they're only a few days apart. Um... So, have you seen The Great? He's in The Great, which is the Hulu no, huh? series. I haven't seen it either. I would like to. but No, um, he, to me, will always be, um, oh, shit. What's the, uh, boy, um, what the hell's the movie with him and Hugh Grant? Uh, uh, um, fuck. Uh, about a boy. That's it. Oh, about a boy. I have not seen that. That's so good. For, oh God! That's where he's in. He's in Fury Road. He's in Mad Max Fury oh, Road. Oh right. Mm-hmm. He's genuinely a good actor. I think, and I love him in X Men, where he plays the Beast. Yes, or he, he does. Plays Beast, he does. So, yeah, yeah. I was just about to um, say that he was in X Men too. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Nicholas Holt, excellent job. Yes, he does a great um, job. Uh, yeah. The movie is simplified, as one would expect. Um, a lot of like Perry's depression is downplayed, mm-hmm. although it is very Testable. pointedly alluded to at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's signing up for the yeah, yeah. so um, uh, what else? Dave Franco, yes, related to um, James. James. Plays Perry. Um, there are some plenty uh, of poignant scenes. The book is still more in depth into those feelings, 
but mm-hmm. I also felt like the movie did it enough justice to show um, the complexities there. Yeah, I think you you just like surface level. It is very surface level. They delve in a little bit. They delve a little like a little farther down from the surface a couple of times. Um, mostly, I personally I think at ours inner inner monologues, um, and in just kind of like glimpses into the world. Um, but for the most part, it is very much here is the plot. Yeah, and um, which is fine. I mean, honestly, like. I, like you said, it would be three hours long if they tried oh, yeah. to. Oh yeah, I mean, there was just exactly. so much that that you learned through the inner monologue that you never. Mm-hmm. It would have been so difficult, not impossible, but difficult and lengthy to yeah. explain all of that in a film. Um, yeah. But I do think it, that they the movie is a good ap- adaptation of the book, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you didn't want to read the book, you should. But if you didn't want to read the book, um, it's a fair interpretation of it, I think. I think when he sees her for the first time, there that is, is a sweet m- moment. Like, legitimately. It's a and very it's sweet movie, movie, in the movie. It is. And then, because, like... Although you get it in the book, in the movie, you can see the, like, it almost is like, if he got, like, struck by lightning. It's, that's, like, if a zombie could get struck by lightning when he sees her for the first time, you get that moment. And, um... You do. And it's funny, because there's chaos around them at that time. There's absolute chaos. And it's almost like, like, the record scratch. Yes, but he has, like, slow motion, like... Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision on her. And she is shooting zombies. (laughs) like killing his friends and he's just like focused on her I mean every she goes in slow motion she kills a zombie um she eventually I don't remember how it happens in the movie but in the book she literally throws a knife at his head it's in his chest in in his chest in the movie yeah Yeah, I literally just watched it like right before we started recording so so like Um, (laughs) it's it's a little fresh in my memory right I just um it's a really good moment where the two of them yeah. meet, and then similar to how it is in the book, where uh, when he goes toward her, and she's like sitting on the floor, mm-hmm. and he comes up to her and he rubs his zombie blood on her face down mm-hmm. her neck. Mm-hmm. She's just like sitting there staring at him, yeah, frozen, yeah, and then and she just, goes with safe. him. Yeah, he says keep yeah, safe. Yeah, he says keep safe. And I have to give 100% to Nicholas Holt because he he does the progression of becoming human so very well. He does, like, yeah. Even when they're running at the end, um, they're being chased, mm-hmm. and he's running, but still part of, he makes it so part of, like, half his body is still kind of frozen. Yeah. Like, say it was he's almost very paralyzed. very stiff. Like in the, he's very stiff. He's moving, yeah, but he's stiff he's in his movements. His upper right. body and he's is behind stiff, her, yeah, but his lower body is moving. It's he does a very good job, and that's the thing I watched very carefully was how his body moved, his physical yeah. acting with his body, like as he transforms from a zombie back into a living person, was well, really really excellent. I think one of the best parts is when he's in. They're in the car. 
Minus the two children, because they so the two kids, his two kids, they aren't his in the movie, right. but they see them a number of times, which I thought was a really nice uh, nod to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even though like um, these two adorable children, zombie children, um, but so they're driving the car around the um, this beautiful, uh, I think it was a it's like um, a runway in Mercedes, an yeah, yeah, but it's a I think it's BMW in the movie yeah, it looks like a BMW, but in the in the book it's yeah. supposed to be a Mercedes, yeah. And they're driving around. They call it Mercy. And, that's right. And, and he looks over, like, he's almost trying to do this, like, suave, like, one-handed on the on the steering wheel and look over at her. And she's like, both hands on the steering wheel. But, the, like, it was just very much like like you would if you were dead. Like, it. I wonder if some of it he watched, like, Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. And might have gotten some of those, like, you know, like, how they kind of propped Bernie up in certain uh-huh. positions. Yeah. yeah. I can see yeah. that. I can see that totally. Yeah. He, he did he, a really good job. He did a fantastic job. And I don't know if there's... Uh, there's a small number of, of actors. I don't know that I would have been able to pull it off, but he did. He did. And I, I specifically noted the speech patterns are mm-hmm. very unnatural. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a moment where he is in the that happens in the movie that does not happen in the book where she tries to make a run for it and uh he finds her like the zombies are closing Mm -hmm. in on her and he finds her and then teaches her how to like act like a zombie oh my god yeah and she's like very stiff and exaggerated in her movements (laughs) and is like overacting on it and he goes that's too much (laughs) Like you it was are so funny. Being ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. The You're tone being offensive. Like, you're, <laughs> please don't do that. Like, please yeah. don't. But all of that is conveyed in his in his eyes and in his tone. But all he says in a very stilted voice is, that's too much. Yeah. But you can see it. Like, holy shit. You are really, like, I overdoing it scale it back you can see all of that in his mannerisms but all he says is three words you can see also like and i wondered if like they also picked him because of his fucking bluest eyes i've ever seen Mm -hmm. like he has he has very blue eyes he's very distinctive blue Mm -hmm. eyes i mean yeah if you've seen about a boy like you fucking know those eyes like they're it's so I almost wonder if it's like, would it be creepier if it was some, if it was because of his eyes? Like to me is like, is it, is it creepier because he has such blue eyes? Because. I mean, he obviously had contacts in like. He did like for the, like for, the around the edges. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he really does have beautiful blue eyes. Beautiful, striking blue eyes. But he, he like, even the eye I acting he does like it's when you know, you can see the infatuation even as a zombie where he's like you know see something human see something cool see right. something cool but don't like, be creepy don't be creepy don't be creepy don't be creepy yeah. exactly and he's because uh, there's a point in the when, book and the movie where she undresses in front of him because her clothes yeah. are soaking wet and they won't dry yeah. and so she takes them off she like strips down to her bra and underwear to let her clothes dry. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, she says, like, don't look or turn around or something like that. But yeah. I don't think she actually says that in the book. I don't think so. Because I thought that felt weird. But honestly, it, I kind of liked that. Because it was like, to me, 
she cared that he was looking. Yeah. Like, otherwise, would you, I mean, it'd be like changing in front of my dog. Right. Yeah. Right. She saw him as more than a zombie. Than a, she did not. Right. And even in the 747, like, very much at the beginning, in the book and in the movie, she says to him, with a very, like, piercing gaze, she says, what are you? Because she can tell. And she says it a couple times. Yes, she yeah, she does. In, in both. Mm-hmm. Because she can tell that he is not just, like, a mindless zombie looking for no. brains. Because he's got a... he's. He's got all these, this vinyl. They listen to some fantastic music. They listen to Frank I was Sinatra losing my mind. A lot. Like, they do. The Billy Joel. Yep. They, yeah. 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 I mean, she she knows there's something uh, more there. Uh, uh, hungry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple like, moments, yes. I feel like, um, in the book after. Let me see if I find it. So there's a moment in the movie and in the book where um, they fall from a great height. Uh, when they're mm-hmm. trying to escape. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Um, they fall from a great height, and... Um, I There's, like... I can't remember anything that he... I can't remember the song he sings. But they fall, and... Um, ooh, I remember some of the words. Hang on. Like a bird shot, he says. Bird shot. Search. Oh, yes, there are. It's like there's no, nothing found. Yes, there is. I distinctly remember it. If you do bird, sometimes you might pull up a whole shitload, but. FYI, I got it. It's a shot bird. That's what it says. Um,. We plummet like a shot bird. My arms and legs encircle her, almost completely enveloping her tiny body. We crash through a roof overhang. A support bar tears into my thigh. My head bounces off a beam. We tangle in a cell phone banner and rip it and rip it in half. And then finally we hit the ground. A chorus of cracks and crunches shoots through me as my back meets the earth and Julie's weight flattens my chest. She rolls off of me, choking and gasping for breath, and we lie there, staring up at the sky. Here we are. <laughs> Julie raises herself on hands and knees and fumbles her inhaler out of her bag. Because in the meantime, Julie has asthma. Uh, Takes Mm -hmm. a shot uh, and holds it, supporting herself against the ground with one arm. When she can breathe again, she crouches over me with terror in her eyes. Her face eclipses the hazy sun. R, she whispers. Hey. As slow and shaky as the day I first rose from the dead, I lift myself upright and hobble to my feet. Various bones grind and crackle throughout my body. I smile, and in my breathy, my breathy, tuneless tenor, I sing, You make me feel so young. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny. It's a moment that's left out in the film, which is fine, but like No, all you have is is I will I will protect you. Yeah. I will protect you. Yeah. But holy shit that moment is so funny. Oh, it kind of I kinda of wish that had been in the book because you don't have yes, they jump out of a window into a very large pool, mm-hmm. but the chances of them dying in that pool are very small as opposed to Right. Well and he very deliberately in the movie and in the book himself in the, puts himself yeah. In harm's way because he knows, like I can't die, or if I can, who right. cares? Um, right. I will just 
be more injured. Come back to life. And, and yeah. she will survive. I mean, it's very intentional yeah. on his part. And she knows it. I mean, in, in the movie, she comes back up above the surface of the water. This is like at the very end. She mm-hmm. comes back up above the surface of the water and he doesn't. And you can see when right. they land in the water that he ends up cracking his head against the ground. Mm-hmm. Like at the mm-hmm. bottom of the pool or whatever. But he doesn't become fully human in this, in the movie, until seconds later when they... When they kiss, right? Make out. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. that part of the of the book is preserved there where it's, it's again, Tulo's first kiss, right? Like Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. makes him come fully back to life. And his then he gets his eyes dilate and it's like his real eye mm-hmm. and real eye color, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, I think there have been worse book adaptations. So let's just say that I think oh, that this yeah. was pretty, pretty, pretty close. I agree. Close. I totally agree. Um, yeah. I very much enjoyed the movie. I thought it was funny. There were certainly funny mm-hmm. moments that would have been more difficult to encapsulate the things that happened in the book to put them in the movie, but they were replaced well. Yeah. With the screenplay, I thought. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, the really fantastic casting. I mean, like, Rob Corddry, like I said before, was so funny. Like, the end with the fucking fucking, uh, umbrella. Oh, yeah. You're very beautiful. You're very pretty. (laughs) This is where you tell me I'm very pretty. Right, that was... Hysterical, and in the book, he's talking to Nora, where he's like, "You are the most beautiful yeah. woman I have ever seen." <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like a nice replacement, you know. I mean, yeah, it was cute. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, the book, I mean, the movie was enough where you're like, okay, I don't, I'm okay if they don't make a second one. Like, I'm yeah. okay. They, the way they ended, it's kind of like. Because it's so insular that you're like, okay, so if it's just, if this is just it. Yeah. We don't, you know, we don't get the idea like that there are different cities that are going through the same thing. We think that this is just it. Right. So, um, for it to be end on this city, I think is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's like, I don't feel like we're losing, you know, I, I, it's like, like, I feel content with like, okay, we don't make us, you know, let's not ruin it, you know, cause that's the other option, you know, thing too, is like, right. we're going to make a second one and it's going to be completely dumb. Right. So. And really in the book, I'm not like, I can end it at the end of the book and not keep going. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm, it, yeah. it's a good enough romantic ending for me where he is, he is alive again. She is happy with him. They're happy yeah. together figuring out the rest of the world you know yeah yeah um nothing is like set in stone but it's hopeful at the end which honest to god is like kind of all you can hope for hope for in like a happy ending in your real life (laughs) so like yeah yeah whatever you know um i do think that the book was more i think that line about like wars and recessions was implied in the movie Mm -hmm. I don't remember but um, I felt like the book was more poignant to modern times or people like in our general age bracket than the movie implied but again like you're you have so much more time in the book 
Yeah. Um, there was a, let me see if I can find it. There were, there was a quote in the book about humanity, like collapsing, like how, how this happened. Um, let's see if I can find it. Oh, um, this is page 53. What happened to the world was gradual. I've forgotten what it actually was, but I have faint, fetal memories of what it was like. A smoldering dread that never really caught fire till there wasn't much left to burn. Each sequential step surprised us, and then one day we woke up and everything was gone. And doesn't that feel like... To me, that feels so much like how things happen in our lives where things Mm -hmm. are sequential and then we don't even notice. And then all of a sudden we're like, what the fuck just happened? How did I get here? How is this what my life is? Or how is this what life is in general? How did we get from A to B? What happened in between? I think we're living in a a time period right now that that rings very true. I'm very sick of living through like once in a lifetime events. If we could stop living through mm-hmm. once in a lifetime events, I'd be so fucking I'm happy. Very happy. Thank you. Can we please uh, stop doing that? Like I, I don't need it. I've already done it. Thank you. Um, but anyway, um, oh, there was another moment that I know we're like quoting the book again, but still, I don't care. Um, <laughs> read the book, you guys. It's so beautiful. Uh, this must be Perry again. Um, he's talking about Perry's mom. Uh, he's, and his dad says, just remember her as much as you can, as long as you can. That's how she comes back. We make her live, not some ridiculous curse. I watch his face trying to read the truth in his squinted eyes. I've never heard him talk like this. Bodies are just meat. He says, the part of her that matters most, we get to keep that. It's just, it's a really beautiful book that to me was, um, it would have been hard to make like a rom-com zombie movie into the poignant piece that the book is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't fault that. Again, it's still if you're as far as book adaptations into movies go, it's pretty good. I think good. they're both I think they're both good. Yes. I mean, I think one's like I think because they're on two different they're on two different levels. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. Um like I say that about Bridget Jones. Like I I love the book. Sure. The book is very different in certain points, excuse me, than the book or than the movie. I there are some books I think you and I have probably, I think you and I have talked about one of them in particular that I think that the movie is actually better than the book, which is Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, I agree with that. I really enjoyed yeah. the movie. Um, the book is good the book too. The book is fine. But... Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not super sold on the book, but. Um, I actually kind of liked the, I liked the ending of the movie better than I liked the ending of the book. 100%. 100%. But, I mean, then there's some real bad ones. So it's like, I think this was one of those ones where I was like, yeah, I felt like Mm -hmm. if if I was like a hardcore fan, I wouldn't feel like I was like... Agreed. You know, stripped at all. Yeah, I think think it's, it's very... Maybe we've already said this, but it's very good. You can't expect it to be the book. 
I don't think you can no. ever expect the movie to be the book. But you have so much inner don- inner monologue, you just you can't. just can't. There's no way. Yeah, you'd end up with like Warm Bodies Part One and Warm Bodies Part Two, and like I don't think it would have been as yeah. good that way. It would just be Nicholas Holt walking around in the in, right. in, in the suburbs, just talking to himself, right? For you know, which does you know it. on paper plays out well, but not yeah. on screen. That's boring right. on screen. You gotta have some him do something. Right. You need to have him. Question like, for you. Yeah. Would you still kick it with the zombie Nicholas Holt? Probably, yeah. Still hot. I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, legit. It is it is very good. And I would, again, as a person who is not typically into, like, horror films or zombie movies, it's good. It's very good. Um, it's very good. But I also highly recommend the book. I had tears in my eyes multiple times reading this book. I I mean, if if someone said half of the shit that R has in his head about Julia, I mean, <sighs> Mrs. Marion, Isaac's, well, I don't know if it's a Mrs. Isaac's per- partner, partner is yeah. the luckiest partner on the planet. If he says half of the shit to his partner that R does about Julie. Jesus. I know. Christ. I know. It's very yeah. good. So, Veronica, yeah. would you like to tell um, our audience <laughs> what's coming up? Oh, my dryer's done. Oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Love that for you. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, coming mm-hmm. up, um, this schedule has been changed because... We did not, I did not realize how early Hanukkah was this year. And we wanted to do a Hanukkah book. Um, But I just, because I am not Jewish and I'm an asshole and I didn't look at when Hanukkah is this year. I think that's probably fine. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't, it wasn't purposeful. I'm very sorry. Hanukkah is early this year. Uh, So we were planning on doing... um, a Hanukkah book like in December, but Hanukkah is in late November, early December this year. So what we're doing instead of the stopover next week, like we were planning on, on November 2nd, we're going to do a new book from Stacey Agdern called Love and Latkes. That will be our Hanukkah book. We're doing it early, like before Hanukkah starts. Um, on the 16th, we're going to do... Who was sneezing? That's Weasley. Oh, Weasley. Weasels. Oh man, she's wheezing. Um, we're doing, and they lived happily ever after. And that author—that's an ARC that we got. That author is Therese Bihari. She's South African. I think so. Um, yeah. I'm super. Yeah, excited. I am really excited about it. Also, the cover is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just really pretty. So anyway, that's an ARC we have that we will be doing for the 16th, and then on the. 30th we will have a guest lee is coming back if you remember from episode 11 uh lee read boyfriend material with us he will also come back and do husband material when that book comes out but this one with him we are reading red white and royal blue because we are the last three people on this planet that have not read it (laughs) actually same with boyfriend material so we're like also i think lee has already read the book like he already bought it he's done with it i don't know 
he's at least started it and you and I haven't. So he's I <laughs> further haven't. along oh than God. you and I are. I have so many fucking books. To- I know. You got <laughs> like, like riddled to read. with a lot of ARCs. Um, I have a review to write tomorrow. Yep. yep. There you go. Um, and then, and I have to finish that uh, reverse harem I said I would read. So uh, after that, the 14th of December, we're doing our Christmas book. It's going to be Window Shopping from Tessa Bailey, which just came out very recently. Like the last Can week. I- can I say what sold us oh, on it? Fucking course you can. <laughs> the first review on Goodreads said, in all caps, Ted Lasso inspired Christmas mm-hmm. romance. I was like, fucking sold. Yep. Sold. And I sent it to our um oh, our that's guest. That's right. Ween is gonna be on that one, right? Yes, Ween. And I was like, this is what we're reading. Do you want it? Because she approached us and said, Guys, I'd love to do a Christmas book. I love fucking Christmas. Yep. Yeah. And I said, okay. And so I said, this is what we're doing. And I said, and she wrote it. And she goes, read the description. Sold. On it. I said, okay. Ready. Doing it. Um, so we all know it's going to be Ted Ted Lasso, Rebecca Welton. So it's going to be fine. Very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. Extremely. The ARC reviews that I have that I read, like before it, just came, before it came out, people were very happy mm-hmm. with it. And then we're going to end the year on the stopover. Uh, the 28th will be the stopover. So um yeah. should be like a chill ending to the year. January, will, uh, our first episode will probably be like a best of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it'll be celebrating the one year anniversary of this podcast. Yeah, and by that time, we probably will have information on um, Bridgerton Season 2. Yes. So Whenever Bridgerton probably... Season 2 comes out, we're doing the Viscount Who Loved Me. Yeah, so we'll do that, and then then the page to screen will be the season. Yes, two. exactly. So that'll sort of just be like the book will be one, and then the season will be the page to screen. Because I have a feeling it's going to be February, January, February. Yeah, I also have. Although that. I don't know if they've closed, you know, they I don't know that they've finished. Agreed. Again. I don't know if they have. They keep COVID. getting shut down for COVID, so I don't know what's going on with that. Although, man, that fucking that 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 scene they they really cannot wait for I'm, that. I'm here for it. Here for it. Fucking here for it. Here for and it. corgis. Yeah. Corgis. Yeah. I'm really excited. We have a lot of really cool yeah. stuff coming up. The, honestly, the next two months are like maybe the most excited I've been about this podcast. I'm, like, uh, yeah. This is I mean, really cool stuff coming up. I'm excited about the books. I'm excited about the guests. Also, Christmas is my yeah. favorite fucking holiday. So, like, just get are- ready for me to be over the fucking top excited. And FYI, guys, we're going to have a music challenge on Christmas, uh, in, in December. Wait, what? We're going to have every... Oh, we right, about we did talk about this. <laughs> I was like, wait, so what? I'm hearing about this too. I will... It's so exciting. <laughs> so we're going to do... I don't know how we're going to do it right now, but we've talked about this a couple of mm-hmm. times. We, we've kind of like, you know, put the little breadcrumbs around. But we're going to do is something along um, lines of like a Christmas song a day, like, you know, favorite Christmas song with so-and-so or favorite Christmas song with this and da da da. So we're going to, we're planning on doing that. And I love uh, Christmas play along. so much. Yeah. So does Weasley. Hey, Weasley, what's up? Just... Um, I, Christmas, so I always say to people, I only celebrate three holidays. Those three holidays are Christmas, birthdays. And what will be Cleveland Guardians opening day. (laughs) I only, these are the only things I really fucking care about. People, I love birthdays. And the reason that I love them is because the day that you were born undoubtedly changed someone's life forever. And so it's really important to me that we celebrate like the day that people were born. Um, 
every year you're fucking on, adorable i love you um every year on my daughter's birthday like it it's a big deal for me too you know like i well, that was yeah. kind of a big deal I, <laughs> legitimately <laughs> yeah yeah legit you pushed a watermelon out of a fucking like peach pit Indeed yeah i get did it that you know like that's <laughs> it was a very big day in my life changed my life forever for yeah. the better i would have to say but like I think birthdays are super important. Beyond that, I really don't love a lot of holidays. I hate Thanksgiving. I've never liked it. Like, my whole life, I absolutely fucking despise Thanksgiving. Um, we should have a Thanksgiving mini uh, book minute this year. It, are there are any Thanksgiving books? No, no. But if you guys are over here, we should have, like, a little, like, uh, a Thanksgiving. Have, like, a uh, little mini episode where we just, like, yeah. where I bitch about how fucking Christopher Columbus gave everybody fucking syphilis. Yeah, then we eat pizza. That's fine. And drink beer. Um, you know my very favorite. You know, fuck that. If we do Thanksgiving, yeah. I'm bringing melt over. Okay. okay. I'll bring okay. over new bomb turkeys from melt. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're doing. Everyone happy with and, that? And and shots. Oh, we're absolutely drinking. Hope my husband's okay with being the DD. <laughs> yeah. Because FYI, um, listeners, um, Veronica has never seen Ray's house. No, because you bought it, like, during quarant, like, during COVID. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that would, right? Yeah. God, time is yes. meaningless. It is a flat circle. It's a flat circle. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen True Detective? So you know what I'm talking no, about? No, but you always say it's a flat circle. And so there, I just think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's from True, True Detective. It's Michael McConaughey. Time is a flat circle. God, he's weird. <laughs> That's my Matthew McConaughey. It's it's a weird show. I like the first season a lot. Um, yeah. Anyhow. So this what's coming up, yeah. guys. Are you excited? I'm fucking excited. I'm a people pants. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm very I'm excited. Gonna... I'm very excited. I'm I'm super excited for November, December. I really am. Um, because you know what happens. So like November. Well, you know, honestly, the day that November 2nd comes out, like our, our November 2nd episode, which is going to be playing Christmas music. Is there any? Well, like, that's going to be a Hanukkah. Uh, a Hanukkah. Oh shit, that's right. You know, so maybe it. we play like Adam I mean, not Sandler. Damn it, but I mean, ooh, but that's not in the. Um... Tell your friend Veronica. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's time to celebrate Hanukkah. Celebrate Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. I hope I get a harmonica on this lovely, lovely Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Oh god. I even so she... like I literally. This is probably blasphemy, and I'm sorry to everyone, but I literally put both like part one and part two of that song on my Christmas playlist because I love it. Uh, I fucking no, love no those hating. songs. No hating. It's awesome. I, I just love You them. needed the update. You needed the update. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We all needed to know who was Jewish in Hollywood. Yeah, obviously. Right? Right? All right, girly girl. Right. We should probably go to bed and let these fine people go to sleep or whatever yep. you're doing. Go back to work. Pretend like you're working. Whatever you're doing over there. Go go finger yourself. Whatever you want to do. Whatever. To Nicholas Hole. I love how anymore your face doesn't even. You're like you know. This is not register that I say you go finger yourself. You're just gonna like yeah whatever. Go go do that. Go for it. Listen. Cool. I in the first couple of episodes you've been like. <laughs> <laughs> anymore, I'm just like listen. Yep, you're used to whatever comes out of my mouth. I am. That's what she said. Um, listen. I think that it's really important that we promote healthy sexual culture. 
And so if sure. we want to, if you're going to say things like go finger yourself or whatever you're going to, good for you. Good for you. Yep. Yeah. I'm probably just yep. going to go pass out, if I'm being honest. I mean, that's exactly I'm what I'm going to do. I'm very tired. Yes. It's like 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I got to go pick up my groceries in the morning. So, uh, yes. That. Um, yeah. So yep. I will probably take this really ridiculous sleeping puppy outside, make her pee in the lawn. I will be time. doing that too. And then I'm probably going to fall asleep real hard. My beautiful co Yes, dear. How do we end this thing? In the most obnoxious way possible, it's definitely going to wake this puppy up. All right. I will be very quiet when I do it. Oh, are we going to be really quiet ready? this time? Ready? We can do it. Okay, ready. ready. <gasps> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Why does it take more breath to be more quiet than <laughs> Why does it sound like somebody just jacked off to a- ASMR to us <laughs> at that one? I can't lift my <laughs> I've told you I, I hate s- those fucking AS whatever that is. Someone isolate yeah, TikTok. isolate I that. that. Someone's like, oh, isolate that and repeat it forty times. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs>